Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud. Today we're going to be talking about the full moon in Scorpio 1. So uh, we're going to be going over some stuff with Scorpio and with Taurus. We're going to take a look at the I Ching today and the tarot. Um, if you are coming into the live stream here, let me know that you are here by leaving me a comment in the chat box. Tell me where you're coming from and how things are going for you today. Um, remember that I do have a 20-second delay on the chat, so I will, I will try to get to all of your questions and comments um, as I can. So I hope that you're all hanging in there today. Uh, we are building up to this full moon that we're going to be experiencing uh, tomorrow at... Uh, 11.31 p.m. Eastern Time, the 26th. Your mileage may vary as to which day it is. We've got some people coming in in the chat here. Hello, Susanna from Finland. How are you doing? Azur is here from France. Very cool. We've got our, our Finland crew. Tar Tarja is here again. Dimfi is here from the Netherlands. Uh, everybody seems like they're a little worn out today, which is understandable with all of the emotional things we've been experiencing lately. Lee is here from Toronto. Very cool. We've got a very international crew here today, which is is exciting. Um, so I am very glad to see all of you. Again, if you're just filtering in in the, in the uh, live stream today, make sure you leave me a comment. Let me know that you're here and uh, where, you're, where you're coming in from today. So we will kind of take a look at... Uh, what we're dealing with here. We've got a, a little bit of a challenging full moon. Um, this, is a, <laughs> this is a little bit of a doozy. Hello, Pearl. Uh, this is Dimfi's daughter. Oh, very cool. Hi, Pearl. So we've got the, the crew from the Netherlands here today. Nice to see all of you. I'm so excited that we have such a um, cosmopolitan group here from all corners of the earth. It's very exciting to be able to connect with all of you in uh, the different different areas of the world here. So let's get started and take a look at what we've got going on. This full moon is happening at seven degrees of Scorpio. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share my screen and we'll talk a little bit about this full moon and see what we can see. All right, so today on the 25th of April, this is a Sunday that we're doing this on, um, we are building up to the Scorpio moon. We're still in the, the Libra phase of the moon right now, which is a little bit gentler, but we have the big elephant in the room is Mars and Cancer. So Mars recently moved into Cancer. Uh, on, I believe it was Thursday or Friday. I released a video yesterday because I was just really, you know, I'm a Cancer Sun and Mercury, so that Mars was hitting me pretty hard. And, uh, you know, if, as I've been talking about on the channel, if you aren't familiar, my, my mom is in the hospital right now. Um, she had uh, some seizures, some pretty serious seizures recently and is in the ICU. And um, a few years ago, she had a, a pretty severe stroke after having an, an aneurysm. And um, she's been having some health challenges with that. So 
uh, she is awake and, and uh, she is conscious again. So there's some good news on that front. Um, but I appreciate all of you who have been um, sending your love and support. Um, it really means a lot to me. And uh, I think that, you know, when we experience challenges like this, we can, you know, really lean on our community to get us through it. So thank you all for, for that. But that's been my Mars and Cancer experience. And that's really kind of a, you know, it's kind of par for the course with Mars and Cancer. Mars being the host of this full moon is acting as the uh, the potter uh, in the in the sign of Cancer, and the clay is this moon. So we're we're experiencing severing and separating hardships, some misfortune, some challenges when it relates to things related to the moon, which could amongst other things, be the mother, could be family issues, it could be domestic challenges, it could be issues related to the body. Um, it could be the way that we feel like we are giving, nurturing, or receiving it. This is a big theme, I think, with this full moon is, is the concept of nurturance in general. Um, and, and Mars is just disrupting all of those things. Mars is in his fall or his depression in this sign, Mars generally likes to be direct. And um, this is a place where Mars has to kind of go through the back channels to achieve things and to take action. Some of our energy may be, um, you know, a little bit inconsistent and erratic due to some of the emotional challenges that we're going through. And uh, I know that, like I said, I've been experiencing that myself. Just going through the emotional roller coaster of having a, a family member in the hospital—it's a—it's a—it's a difficult thing, especially when you're trying to figure out what's going on from a distance. And you know, with the the pandemic, it's been—it's difficult to to visit people in these environments. And my my mom lives a state away, so it's traveling state to state right now isn't really the best idea, especially coming from Michigan where. We're really experiencing some some real challenging numbers with with COVID and the spikes with that. So, um, you know, I think that that can leave you. And, and I'm curious if anyone else is experiencing some stuff on the home front right now, or a, a situation that is bringing up a lot of challenging emotions, um, where you may feel a little bit helpless. I think that this is one of the things that is going on right now. Is there may be a, a situation of, of decay, of um, corruption, that we may not really have the upper hand on right now, where we have to make adjustments. Because there is something that is a little bit out of our control, we may want to fight right now. We may want to take action and, and uh, I guess, ride in on our, on our heroic horses. But the situation doesn't really support that type of thing right now. We'll see this when the I Ching reading comes up. Um, this may be a period of, of retreat. So that's kind of just setting the stage here. I think Mars is really important with this, with this new, or I'm sorry, with this full moon. Um, we do have a stack up in Taurus right now too. We have the Sun, Uranus, Venus, and Mercury all in Taurus right now. And the moon is opposing all of these things. So the, the, right now, all of these Taurus planets are concerned with bringing things into being. 
with generating something, with planting seeds, with figuring out how we are going to grow something in this spring season in the Northern Hemisphere. And when we see the moon opposing, the moon is, is really, it's the exaltation Lord of Taurus too, so kind of like the owner of that temple or that estate. And uh, I think that we are seeing some difficulties bringing something into fruition. There's difficulty planting our seeds. Um, Tarya is pointing out that anger could be uh, something that is coming up with this full moon as well, and I agree 100%. Um, I think that one of the things I mentioned in my Mars in Cancer video was that a lot of the time we can transfer our sadness and our feelings of helplessness into anger. I know that that's something I've been wrestling with over the past week. Um, I, I'm finding myself in a position where I am very sad and also feeling like I want to be able to do more. And it's very, very easy to project those feelings into anger and to create a shadow entity outside of ourselves. And um, it's very easy to, to demonize a person or a situation. And I think that that is very, probably very prominent right now where we feel a lot of anger. We maybe feel a lot of resentment that's coming up during this full moon as well, um, where we might want to take revenge or we might want to take action to, to right what we perceive as a wrong. And um, those, are, those are difficult feelings to deal with. And I, I, they're, sometimes they're legitimate. Other times they can get us even deeper into the situation that we're trying to find liberation from. The other thing to consider with this that's making this spring season a real doozy and one that is not normal as far as how we can, you know, find pleasure, I guess. There's pleasure is something associated with Taurus. Usually it's a really pleasurable season where the, the spring flowers are starting to sprout and there's all sorts of um, beautiful things starting to happen in the world where we're itchy to get out of the house after a long winter and do some activities, but we do have Saturn right now in the overcoming position to all of these Taurus placements. And that means that it's in a square, and the overcoming square is a real difficult one in Hellenistic astrology. It's one that is sort of where the planet has an upper hand on all these planets and is exerting its influence in a really difficult way. And Saturn is exerting this influence in a way that is, is sort of blocking, it is denying, it's making us feel exiled, um, it is you know, putting limitations on things that we are experiencing. We may have some stuff where we are um, experiencing some social challenges right now and some social limitations that really may not necessarily be something that is within our control, but it may be limiting our ability to, to plant new seeds and to pursue pleasure. Um, and, and this moon is going to be squaring all that. That's, so this is like a big T-square between the Taurus impulse to generate and to, um, to give, I think, charity as well. There is some secret esoteric meaning um, with, with Taurus. With, it's not just about how can we pursue pleasure. It's how can we generate and give to others. I think that our, our charitable impulses are also tied up in, in Taurus season. 
Um, but we may have difficulty with, with feelings of being able to give because we may feel a sense of lack right now and a little bit of worry due to some of the circumstances we've been under, like the pandemic is going on and on and on. And, and we may have lost jobs or lost connection to resources. We may be feeling some, some righteous anger at some of the, the things we're seeing at the news right now. Um, and the moon's just going to be triggering a lot of that. Um, we have some comments coming in where it says, Susanna says, I noticed some anger issues in myself as a mother just when Mars had moved into Cancer. Yeah, really the themes of anger uh, are going to be directed towards some of those maternal type of significations right now. Remember, Mars is, is being offered the clay from the moon. And you know, this first decan of cancer really, I mean, Austin Coppett calls that decan of cancer mother and child. So a lot of the anger can come from our roles as a mother, but also our, our roles with our own mothers, our roles with any situation where we are trying to feel nurtured or give nurturing. So it's really interesting to see it come up both in ourselves and in circumstances related to, you know, where we may have been looking for support. This is where we're cut off from some of the support. Uh, one other thing to think about with Mars in this Deccan is the roles could be reversed. He, Austin Coppock in this Deccan of Cancer talks a lot about um, the mother becoming uh, you know, the, the role reversed where the child becomes food for the mother. Does that make sense? Where, where instead of the, the, in, in the right relationship, the mother would be consuming to provide for the child. But when Mars is, is moving through this Deccan, those roles can become reversed where like the, the mother becomes like a, a hungry um, consumer. This is where we have to really watch ourselves where we aren't creating conflict uh, or using manipulation to provide for others. One of the kind of the things with cancer is it's not just about providing nurturance. It has this duality of consumption and providing, just like the moon does. The moon is, is gaining in its light in a certain phase. It is cons consuming resources to become fuller, and then it releases those, those uh, resources to its child. So we, we have the duality of the mother where it is consuming things to be able to provide. But again, we have to watch ourselves that we're not, you know, using conflict to, to provide and, and feeling like we, you know, we want to be owed something or demanding that we be nurtured in a certain way. Um, sometimes we can feel like we're not being appreciated for the things that we're doing. That, that's another thing that, that could come up. Um, we're seeing one more comment. Dimphy is saying not so much anger, but more sadness, to be honest. Almost unbelief to realize there will be farewells. As counterbalance, I am planting colorful flowers and soon veggies. Yeah, I love that, Dimphy. And I agree with you. I think that once uh, Mars started moving into Cancer, I was I, I was right there with you, Dimphy. I, I felt an overwhelming sadness. Um, one of the things I like about what Liz Green talks about with cancer in her book, The Astrology of Fate, is she talks about the longing in cancer for a return to the womb. She calls it the Ouroboric womb. 
Uh, and this is the ocean of creation where we long to return to not, not only the maternal womb, but to the, the womb of creation itself, the womb of divinity. So there is this kind of Cancerian um, wistfulness, I would call it. And this really started to overwhelm me at the end of the week was this, um, you know, the moon is associated with memory. It collects experiences and we reflect on our experiences. So I was overwhelmed by a rush of memories of, of maybe better times in the past. And that had me feeling sad and made me feel that existential longing that I think that Dimphy may be talking about to a certain degree. Um, so I think that there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of uh, kind of feelings of painful memories, I think, with this, with this Mars position and how do we deal with that? Uh, and we'll get to that when we when we examine the the Deccan of Scorpio. Um, Amber is talking about another astrologer calling people out. I'm not familiar with with that um, Amber with that experience, um, so I can't really comment on that because I I, did, I don't know what was going on. Um, but I think that it's it's easy to look over our shoulders at at others in the the community, and a lot of people can feel attacked or or feel emotional. And I try to stay out of that as much as I can. I, I have enough on my plate trying to deal with my own life, <laughs> and the, the conflicts I have in my own domestic sphere. I try to stay out of some of the, the, the challenging circumstances with people in the, the community and whatnot. Sometimes it's difficult because I know that people wanna make sense of things. Um, and I, I, I think that the only thing I can say with this, uh, not having any idea what the conflict is over. Um, but uh, the astrology community is just like any other community where it's comprised of human beings. And those human beings are fallible. Um, they make mistakes. They have sensitivities just like any other human being. Sometimes they may fall prey to human vices, you know, like, like pride, like anger, like revenge, or feeling slighted for various reasons. And I think that, that my take on all that is just to have compassion for them as human beings. I think that a lot of times in this job, um, we can feel a lot of responsibility, at least I do, for being a source of strength for people. And I think that the challenging thing is to be that source of strength when we're feeling uh, a sense of weakness ourselves, And that, that can be, um, I mean, that makes us human, right? I, I at, at seven o'clock at night last night, I recorded a Mars and Cancer video. I was utterly exhausted. Um, I hadn't slept much the night before. I feel like my energy was pretty low, but I felt a responsibility to, to do that video. And what it necessitated was me being maybe a little more emotionally vulnerable and maybe not at my best. And, and that can be embarrassing sometimes, but at the same time, I think that that just helps us to get in touch with our authenticity and realizing that us as astrologers, while we have spent a lot of time, you know, studying and, and trying to cultivate wisdom and centeredness, that at the end of the day, we are just people just like you. And we're going through these transits with you um, while we're trying to interpret them for you. So I guess that's my answer, Amber, as far as any drama that would come up in the, in the community itself. So I would say trust your intuition. 
trust your own sense of integrity and um you know try not to get sucked into to to drama um especially if you're feeling vulnerable yourself i would say that's the best way to to deal with stuff like that at this point all right hopefully that was a satisfactory answer um susanna says i can so relate to the pain of memories sometimes it's very hard even to look at old photos oh man yes i i feel that strongly um i have a project ahead of me in the next few weeks and months is i have um a very full i have a very very full attic right now and most of the things in there are stuff from my childhood and i've been avoiding it you know really like i've been avoiding it like the plague no pun intended um because i can't just go through and discard things one of the cancerian it's it's both a superpower and a, a curse and susanna has the degree, the sun at the same degree of cancer as me so i'm sure that this happens to you i can i can't just touch something old without just being shocked into that moment like these 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 uh objects these pictures particularly have uh they're infused with sentimentality and with meaning and it's just like i can instantly be transported to that time now that makes me a great storyteller at times but it also really can be almost paralyzing when we're trying to get rid of things in our life and when we're reviewing the past sometimes that reviewing is necessary and sometimes it's just bringing up old you know uh, experiences and ripping off the scab in an old you know painful experience so one thing i've been doing is is instead of keeping everything that i want to go and revisit i'll take a picture of it and then i'll get rid of the physical thing and i'll make sure that i back up the physical um picture uh in in a in a couple different places because again i can just look at the picture and still be instantly transported back to to that time frame um lee says uh she was told that this astrologer that was having a conflict said this too shall pass regarding how he was feeling it was a seven of swords day for him amber yeah and i think that's a great way of thinking about it too there's emotional things that come up and and again um they're temporary and and there are seven of swords is leaving the past behind and feeling this un you know stepping into the unknown and being able to release some of these old resentments amber says thank you you are best thank you amber i appreciate it i'm i'm trying to do my best here as a hopefully be a voice of light within our community and, and to to add to the conversation here rather than stir up more trouble <laughs> you know taria says totally can relate can't destroy any memories and they are piling high yeah and i think that that also might be a secret hidden meaning of this full moon is it's time to release it's time to get rid of some stuff that isn't serving us mars is really digging through the past and digging through those feelings of how we were nurtured maybe even remembering you know experiences we had with our own mothers our own mother figures and asking us to cut some ties um my partner does some ritualistic magical types of stuff and we kind of did a little ritual bath last night where we were doing we had a a a very sharp knife and we we're doing some ritualistic cord cutting you know just going through the the aura and cutting cutting those old cords and releasing them back 
to where they came from. And, and that really f- helped um, me feel a lot lighter today. I can tell that my energy is a lot more centered today than it was yesterday. I was just getting overwhelmed yesterday and I had a good night's sleep last night and I feel a lot more centered. I w- did a lot of my self-care things. And I think that ritual cord cutting was very helpful as well. So I can highly recommend something like that, like taking a salt bath um, or with Epsom salt maybe as well that can help relax you. But the sea salt's really important. Um, and then, you know, you could take like whatever implement, whether it's a crystal or something like that, and try to cut those those ties. Don't physically cut yourself, just, just cut around your aura, you know, over your chakras and things like that. And that can that can really help return some energy to the source. All right, Diffie says, look at the bright side and be grateful. All those things brought are all of those things brought us to where we are now. Stay strong as well. Yeah, I agree. And that's going to come up in our in our card that we are looking at with this full moon. So moving forward with some of our significations with this full moon. Yes, we do have uh, this overcoming square with Saturn that's asking us to grow within certain limitations. Um, but when we look at the moon itself, it is going to be coming to fullness in the first decade of Scorpio. And I'm going to stop my screen share for a minute so you can see what's going on here. And we have, here is the two cards we're dealing with that are in opposition. The sun is in Taurus 1, associated with the five of pentacles. And the moon is coming to its fullness in the five of cups. So in the five of pentacles, we see two figures that have fallen onto hard times potentially outside of a church in this in a snowstorm they're looking a little bit haggard they may be worried about how they're going to support themselves but this card is a card of divine intervention of having faith excuse me in the process and doing the hard work necessary to to be able to to plow the fields of your life to remove all the rocks from those fertile fields so that you can plant something that will be able to come to fruition and be careful what seeds that you plant um, you know, plant the seeds of uh, that you want to see come to fruition rather than planting the seeds of bitter fruit. Uh, it's, if we're planting the seeds of resentment and things like that, what comes to manifest uh, may not be to our liking and may not be something that can support us. So when we take a look at the moon in this decan of Scorpio, this again, the moon is in its fall. It's at the bottom of the wheel of fortune. It is. It, there's nowhere to go but up. I think is the, the the saving grace with this. It's a depressed moon. It's it's difficult for it to bring things into manifestation. The thing that the moon can do well here is to eliminate bad habits, to eliminate corruption, to eliminate things that are no longer serving us. Again, Mars and the moon are going to have a condition called mutual reception. So Mars is in the moon's temple, and the moon is in Mars's temple. So this is going to be a relationship where potentially there is a silver lining or some good that comes out of a very difficult experience. So I think that the the good that we could see is we may be rooting out some of the the below-the-surface emotional challenge and maybe even some physical bad habits that we need to let go of that eventually will restore whatever circumstance we're dealing with back into harmony, into equilibrium. So in this card, this card is called a loss in pleasure or disappointment by Book T in the Book of Toth. Austin Coppock calls it a jawbone. So there is some associations with hunger 
in this particular decade. So we want to consume something. Whereas the, the daimon associated with the five of pentacles were the charities, all right, the, the, where we were providing and attending to the, di, the divinities. The daimon with this one are the nymphi, which are objects of desire. So we may be desiring something that we can't have right now. We may be uh, recognizing that there's certain desires that aren't really serving us. And I think that what we need to really do it to fall back on is exactly what Dimphi is talking about, is falling back onto our sense of gratitude. I, I think that the key with this card here is, yes, we have three spilled cups. We, we do need to feel our feelings and mourn our losses, especially for maybe things that have, have fallen into disrepair or that just no longer are part of our life anymore. That's just how the, the, the wheel of fortune works as it continues to spin. It basically, forms come into being and they pass out of being. It's natural. And it's part of a human life is to experience growth and then subsequently decay and loss. And this, this card really speaks to that loss. But also we see in this card that there are two cups that are still standing upright. And if this cloaked figure was were to mourn his losses but then not get fixated on them, and realize that there are two cups still standing, some support system, he would be able to uh, overcome his impasse and cross the bridge to the castle of fulfillment. Okay, so this, this card really to me is about reversing perspective um, and trying to find gratitude for that which we still have rather than getting too fixated on what we've lost. Again, I don't think we should be in denial of what we've lost. I think that it is healthy to feel our feelings and to mourn. Um, I think that we um, we have this kind of attachment in in this society where we have to put on this brave face all the time. And, and sometimes we, especially in these social media environments, we're always trying to, to you know, create this Instagram-ready picture of our life. And it's just not the way that human lives work. And in general, if we meet people in person, people ask how we are, we can say, oh, great. But they can tell sometimes if we're not feeling at our best. And oftentimes in person, it's a lot easier to have those, those um, more intimate conversations about what's bothering you with a close friend. And we've lost some of that as we move towards this digital environment. And I, and I actually would encourage you to not feel like you have to always put that brave face on. And sometimes just uh, showing people the authentic self is okay. Um, I think that one of the, the instincts that we have when we're feeling bad is we want to kind of retreat into our own private worlds and we just don't want people to see us at our worst. And that's okay too. If you want to take a break and you don't want to share uh, you know, all of your feelings publicly. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think that in the the job that, that I have here, it's just the planets keep on spinning. And if I don't show up and make a video, um, I'm going to miss my window. <laughs> so you may see some some time periods with me where I'm just feeling my feelings and I have to be authentic about it and, and talk about it without, again, trying to stir the pot too much. But I think that that's really, this is this is a key is mourning our losses, but also shifting towards the gratitude that we can find within our, what is left behind. Okay, uh, again, the, the card that is associated with Mars right now that's providing 
uh, the clay for that moon is the two of cups. So there may be a relationship in our life, an intimate relationship, whether it is between ourselves and our partner, whether it's between ourselves and a child or ourselves and a parent, that we're just really you know, feeling um, some conflict with and feeling separated from. And that's really the, 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 the battleground right now is those nurturing feelings and those domestic situations. Okay, so, but, but remember, this too shall pass. Sometimes we need to eliminate some of those old resentment feelings that we have built up in relationships. A lot of times we're just busy with our lives and, and things can build up and we have to kind of um, take some time to deal with, with some of the situations that have fallen into disrepair every once in a while. And we restore things to balance and then the energy flows again. So something to consider. Saturn is moving through the Deccan of Aquarius associated with the Six of Swords. So this is really about leaving the past behind, trying to you know talk to the people in power and the people that have been exiled and having a communication between the two. We're seeing this in our news cycles a lot with you know maybe trying to bring some restore some equilibrium to our uh, social issues. So this maybe in our personal lives we can leave the past behind as well. So this is something that Saturn is working on. Dimphi is asking, so Mars is the clay and the moon is the potter. Interestingly enough, so if we go back to the chart, that's a good question. This is a concept that I, that was has been really on my mind from Martine Hermes, who uh, is drawing it from Robert Schmidt. Now, in this case, we have a really unique type of thing happening because Mars and the moon are both in each other's domicile. So let's think about this for a second because we have a, a, a situation where Mars and the moon are both potter and clay for each other, if that makes sense. So the moon right now is the potter in Scorpio and drawing upon the clay of Mars. So the moon's trying to manifest. It's trying to bring things into existence. It's trying to shine its light and grow something into the full fruiting phase. The moon is also trying to collect and bring things into being. But it's so it is the potter in that regard, but it is drawing upon the clay of Mars, which is is separating, severing, conflict in relationship to to the significations of birth and and bringing things into being. Now, at the same time, uh, Mars is the potter in the sign of Cancer and is drawing upon the clay of the moon that is in its fall. So these have mutual reception by being both in each other's like domiciles, but also they're both in the fall. Uh, both in, They are both in their own fall. So again, I, I think that we may see something decent coming out of really difficult circumstances like the, the, that aren't ideal for either planet. Um, Mars right now isn't able to move forward in a straight line. It has to kind of, uh, maybe there's two steps backwards to take one step forwards. We may have to feel like we're moving sideways. It's, it's difficult to have a direct confrontation with Mars in this position. And it's difficult for mo the moon to manifest and to, to do the things it wants to do because it's in a, a house that is associated with returning form to the earth with it's it's in a in a uh, domicile that is has to do with decay and with rooting out bad habits okay so I, I think that that's another theme of this full moon is how can we eliminate 
the, the bad habits that we may have fallen into, maybe through neglect, maybe just through buildup and not, you know, really not paying enough attention to a certain area of our life um, that will allow us to keep growing and to build over time. Okay. But the, the powder clay metaphor is really a powerful one. I mean, if we look at the sun, for example, we have the sun is the potter right now in Taurus, and it's drawing upon the clay of Venus. And Venus is in its own domicile, so that clay is of high quality. Okay, that clay is, you know, Venus is able to create harmony in the sign of Taurus, inner peace. And the sun wants to um, bring awareness to something. It wants to exert authority. It wants to create vitality. So it is drawing upon good clay, whereas the moon is drawing upon substandard clay right now. And so is Mars. You know, Mars is drawing upon this substandard clay of the moon. But again, there is maybe some kind of compromise that can be struck between those two planets. Hopefully that makes sense, Dimphy. Um, yeah, it says the same here, busy with his book. Does with Robert Schmidt's book or with Martine Hermes book, does he have a book? Because um, I'm curious if, if he does, I'd be interested to take a look at it. I know he has a really great YouTube channel that he's been putting a lot of videos on. And um, I've been in the market for more of uh, Schmidt's book materials, but some of that is really hard to find. So if any of you book angels out there have a copy of that, that you feel like donating to my cause at some point, <laughs> I'd be open to it. Um or, or whatnot. Um, I know that a lot of his lectures are starting to become available on the website, so I might engage with that a little bit more as well. All right. Um, let's see. Let's move forward. I'm looking at my notes here. So the moon is near its degree of maximum fall at three degrees of, of Scorpio. It's a place of ill fortune. It's a place of ravenous hunger for nurturing. We're at the bottom of the wheel. Nowhere to go but up, awareness of corruption and unhealthy desires and habits, possibly some impatience with natural forces. That's that's interesting because Taurus is all about patience and, and the moon in Scorpio may give us the desire to like, you know, really try to force the issue. And I think that, that might be uh, a mistake at this point. So another thing to think about is the sun is going to be, um, the sun is going to be on this fixed star called Hamal at seven degrees of Taurus. Um, and that is a fixed star in the constellation Aries in the head of the ram. So it, we may be really trying to force an issue at this full moon and going head first into something where it would, it would probably be more fortunate for us to hang back and, and maintain our dignity. The next day, the sun is going to be hitting eight degrees of Taurus, which is on a fixed star called Shadar, and that's in Cassiopeia, the queen. So we may have to fall back on our on our really like strong feminine dignity and allow be, our receptivity to, to happen as well. Um, Diffy says, Martin Hermes, uh, between um, Warden moving and being moved, he has a horror book as well. Interesting. Um, Dimphy, do you have a link to that book? I would love to see uh, that book, and maybe I could um, order that book as well. So if you have a link to that, um, please put it in the chat box. I'd be real curious to support his work and to to, to look at his research. Um, although, Dimphy, I'm thinking of that now. It's probably in, in Dutch or German, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, I forgot. You're in the Netherlands. And I believe that he is 
uh, Dutch. Um, so Dimpy, I, I have a, um, <laughs> a request for you. You know, take Martin Hervey's book and translate it into English for me, please. That <laughs> like, send me like a PDF of it, and I'll buy it. I'll, I'll, I'll like, uh, I'll send him some money, and we'll tell him that's what we're doing. But maybe, maybe we could get a, a translation into English, and you can be my, my helpful translator with that. So, uh, we'll figure out a way to, to, to mine the, the mind of Martin. Um, and I find it just so fascinating that his last name literally is Hermes. I think that's just that's a beautiful thing. Although he is an Aries son with a Cancer ascendant, I, I found out in his very good webinar. It says his book is translated. Okay, so somebody put that in the chat box. Like, show me where I can get this English version of Martine's book. I, I never have a problem um, buying books. So as long as I know where the source is, I, I will I will seek it out. I did want to show you all one book that came in the mail that I'm excited about. I just got this this new book from Robert Graves, The Greek Myths, uh, the complete and definitive edition. So it's a nice thick compendium of all the different sources for the Greek myths. I have um, I just got Apollodorus in the mail as well, which is one of the things that Robert Graves uh, draws upon. So I'm diving into that. And I know that there's been uh, people have been asking me about potentially looking at other sources as well. And I'm totally open to that. I, I do... Um, I've been drawing upon some Babylonians and some Sumerian myths recently. Uh, I'm trying to become as thorough, I'm trying to have as thorough of an understanding of the Greek um, myths first, mostly because I've been studying Hellenistic astrology and Hellenistic astrology really draws upon both the Greek and Egyptian myths and the Sumerian mythology. So I want to have a thorough understanding of what that particular system is drawing upon. Now, even with the Babylonian myths, we have to be careful because their astrology is actually a little bit different. Um, and, and again, like this is another reason I've resisted diving into um, Vedic astrology and Jyotisha and some of those myths. I, I'm curious about those myths, but they have their own system and, and I feel like I'd have to learn their whole system, which would take another lifetime. Not to say that I won't. I'm very curious about Vedic astrology and things like that. Um, but I think that what I'm trying to do in this moment is really have a thorough, complete, as complete as I can understanding of the stories that are informing the particular uh, tradition that I'm steeped in right now. But again, I do think it's important to get multiple cultural perspectives. And I've been uh, slowly but surely trying to incorporate even different uh, feminist perspectives into the work as well, because I know that a lot of the criticism of the Greek mythology is that it's rooted in a little bit of a patriarchal um, worldview. And I agree with that. And I think that it is important to, to restore some of the, the goddess myths to their, to their right, rightful place within all of this. So um, one day at a time. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot to process. Hey, we've got some new people joining us. Hello, Lisa. Uh, she says, "Yay, books!" And Wendy is here. Hello, Wendy. Nice to see you. Thank you, Wendy, for joining us. Uh, Dimphy says, "Do you read French?" <laughs> like, no, I don't, Dimphy. Um, I am a bad American. I read English, and I took some Spanish in high school. Um. I would like to learn ancient Greek and ancient Latin uh, so I can translate some of these things. Um, I'd be open to learning more languages like French and German and Italian. 
it's it's um again though it's so many hours in the day right and i know that my european friends you all are like superstars when it comes to multilingual types of things and i wish that that was the culture um that i wish that that was an american thing too I, it's you're really having to swim upstream to become multilingual as an american and, and it's not an excuse i think that there are many americans out there that really put that effort in but I think that growing up as a, as a European, it was it was much more I think part of um, just living on the border of all these different countries. It was it was much more part of an early childhood experience. I think, and maybe you all can comment on that. Maybe I'm making an assumption that isn't true, but um, I know that my European friends, man, uh, to be able to speak a language like French, Dutch, Finnish, and then learn English on top of it, I know that. My friend Susanna here was feeling uh, a little insecure about her English when she first started talking to me. I was like, are you crazy? Your English is amazing. It's way better than any language that I know how to speak. So, um, but yes, I think that any help that you all can give me with translation is much appreciated. And uh, maybe we need to start a language group where we start speaking in uh, native tongues to one another. I'd be open to that. So we, we need to start like a, a multilingual discussion group. Uh, we can, my Finland friends can teach me how to speak Finnish. Uh, my uh, Norwe Norwegian, no, we don't have the Norwegian. My friends from uh, Deutschland or, or from the Netherlands can help me speak uh, Dutch. And who else do we have here internationally? <laughs> we have uh, Lee's Canadian, so you know, she could teach me the Queen's English or something like that, or French. I'm sure that they speak French and uh, English there. And uh, Azur is from France, so again, we, we'll have to do some French. Um, hi, Carly. Carly's here again. She could teach me uh, Californian English <laughs> in that dialect. Uh, she's out there in um, LA, I think, right now. So yeah, it, it's, it's fun. It's fun that we have such a diverse group here. I'm really excited about it. Um, what I want to do now is I want to move forward to, I want to just examine a little bit of the first, or the, I'm sorry, the last quarter moon, and then give you a preview of the new moon that's going to happen on the 11th of May. And then I want to wrap it all up with, uh, with the I Ching and, and break down the I Ching reading for you, okay? Susanna says, I still have that problem. I took Kat's Diamond course and was terrified of speaking. Yeah, Susanna, I think that, you know, I know that it is uncomfortable and we want to, we, I think the worst thing for a Cancerian is to feel misunderstood because I think it's already difficult for us to cut through three layers of emotion to actually just make any words in any language. So we're always feeling like we're going to be completely misunderstood. But I don't think that you should have any fear of speaking up, Susanna, because I think that your English is very good. You're, you express yourself very well. And um, even in writing, I, I can understand you 100% and um, even get some of the emotional nuances within it. So I think that's a fear that maybe this full moon, hopefully you can, can cut ties with that and put it to rest. Lee says she's very terrible at Canadian French as well as uh, Parisian French. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I know that Canada is um, it's one step above us Americans, right? You, you, you all have uh, two languages that you can deal with, two or three. 
Um, and then the Europeans have us, they have us, uh, uh, <laughs> some of them are multilingual where they can speak three or four languages or, or five or whatever. Um, I do have ancestry from Switzerland, from both the French and the German part of Switzerland. So if I ever want to return back to my roots, I need to learn a number of languages, I think, to, to get back in touch with that. I recently was um, trying to explore some of the mythology of Switzerland, and I found these really great stories, but they were all in German. So I need to, I need to uh, probably learn German next if I want to get in touch with my roots and my ancestry. All right, so let's take a look here at the first quarter, because um, I think that is really something that is going to be important for uh, figuring out how this is all going to play out. Now, the first thing I will say is that the moon will escape the bond or, or move outside of 15 degrees of opposition with the sun, uh, and it will make a square to Jupiter. That's actually a positive thing for this full moon. Um, this gives me hope uh, because even though it is a square with Jupiter, it's contact with a benefic planet. So it tells me that there may be a, a, a hopeful resolution to whatever conflict we are looking at. And the I Ching did speak to that as well. So I think whatever we're going through right now, I think that there might be a, a positive outcome eventually if we are able to leave the past behind. You know, and, and like we were speaking to earlier, this too shall pass and, and dealing with the feelings of the moment without getting into too deep of a conflict, I think it is, is important. Sometimes re retreating from a conflict. Again, we'll see that in the I Ching that comes up. Okay, so I just wanted to point that out, that the first aspect the moon makes is a square with Jupiter. As we move forward to the first quarter moon phase, we are going to see a number of things that are going to happen. First of all, here on, on May 1st and 2nd, um, Mercury is going to escape the beams and it's going to reveal itself as the evening star. Um, so I think that uh, <laughs> Daria says she was going to ask me about escaping the bond, your mind reader. I think you just may be a very loud, um, emotional <laughs> projector, Daria. And I, you and I are just on the wavelength. I think that we've talked about this in the past. And we, I think um, even though Susanna and I have a, a similar um, experience having the sun on the same degree, Taria and I are on another wavelength with having our suns trined with her Pisces sun. She's she's just sending out the vibes and I'm picking it up on the antenna here. <laughs> so um, I'm glad that we were able to discuss that though, because it is an important technique in Hellenistic astrology is that um, when the moon escapes the bond, it is no longer held prisoner sort of by by the sun. And it's able to start manifesting again. And it shows us the coloration of what we're going to be experiencing um, at the full moon. Okay, so what we're seeing here with Mercury on the, the second is it's escaping from the beams, sort of like the escaping the bond, but it's going to become visible again. Okay, and Mercury, there's probably some messages we're going to be experiencing around May 2nd and May 3rd that we really want to pay attention to because Mercury is emerging as the evening star. And it is going to be uh, giving us some, um, some really important omens about communication and things of that nature, and especially in the Taurus-ruled area of our chart. So I really want you to, to take a look at the Taurus-ruled area of your chart and see that there may be some messaging coming in that 
um, in that temple around May 2nd. All right. Now, as we move forward to May the 3rd, okay, this is going to be a really peak point in the cycle. We're going to see a couple of things happen. We, we do have our last quarter moon phase at about 13 degrees of um, Aquarius and then the moon, I'm sorry, the sun at 13 degrees of Taurus. So you could see that there's a square between these two planets. The last quarter moon phases are kind of like existential crises where we are changing our minds about something, where something is shown to have maybe outlived its efficacy and it's time to let go. This is a doubly intense one because the moon is going to be making an exact conjunction with Saturn on the same day. So those feelings of exile, those feelings of maybe social alienation or disrupting the, the inner harmony or the inner routines that we have are probably going to be intense around May 2nd and May 3rd because of some of the news that we may be getting from Mercury. Um, I would I would say that there's probably going to be things happening in the collective as well with, with Saturn on this sign of, of thinking about com communal issues that may be paralyzing. So I think that there may be a little bit of a, of a, a challenge where we're like, oh man, there's something going on in the collective that is really making us feel like we're not able to manifest the way that we want to, um, that we have to let go of something and shift perspective. So I think that, um, I think that the key with the last quarter moon here, and we can see, again, I'm going to stop my share because I want you to see these two cards. The sun's going to be in the six of pentacles decan, which has to do with chari charity and the way that we distribute resources. Okay, and and Saturn and the moon are going to be in this this decan where we're leaving the past behind. So we may really be leaving behind old notions of how we're provided for or how we provide for others. And Tarya is saying it's a sobering moment with moon and Saturn. Yes, definitely. Um, one of the big themes of this uh, Taurus season in general is sobriety. And I've talked about this with many friends who have, you know, when we talk about Taurus season, we talk about like experiencing this lush, like almost hedonistic pursuit of pleasure. We want to get our gardens going. We want to dig our hands in the soil. Remember, there's hard work associated with Taurus too. It was, I think um, we have to think of that dual rulership of Aphrodite who was creating beauty, but also her husband was Hephaestus, the the blacksmith that works very hard and does the, the, the ugly, dirty work to, to create something amazing and beautiful. Um, but at this moment, yes, Saturn is in that overcoming position saying, put the brakes on with creating and create within these limitations. It doesn't mean that you can't create. It doesn't mean that you can't take any pleasure. It just means that there is things that are greater there are forces that are greater than you right now that are requiring us to be very, um, to, to endure some hardship right now. And that may put a little bit of a damper on our spring picnics or whatever it is that we're trying to do. But again, I think if we commit to Saturn right now, um, we will definitely need to, uh, sometimes put the needs of others before our own personal wants and desires. And, and that is really going to become apparent, I think, at this, this square as well. Lee's saying, I will watch this later today. Thank you, Spencer. Uh, thank you, Lee, for being here. Thank you, all of you who are, have been here. And uh, 
yeah, it, this will definitely be available to watch after the fact too. So I know we, we run a little long, probably got maybe 15 more minutes here as I dive into the um, last quarter and then the I Ching meet, meeting. So um, yeah, appreciate all of you being here for sure. So Mercury is going to be appearing as the evening star around that last quarter. Um, we're going to have the sobering moon-Saturn conjunction. Uh, let's look at the chart once again. And we may, like I said, we may have to put the needs of the, the collective above our own personal needs at this point. So that's just something to keep in mind. Now, um, when we move forward to the 11th, we're going to see the new moon in Taurus 3 at 21 degrees of Taurus. And Mars has moved into the second decan of Cancer, uh, which has a little bit more significations with celebrations rather than one-on-one -on -one relationships and like parties and things of that nature. Um, so we may, <laughs> we may want to party at this point, but Mars is like, you can't party. You know, things are still, uh, still need restraint at this point. Um, but the, the sun and the moon in this, in the third decade have to do with the seven of pentacles where we have been tending to our fields and we may have to protect against disease or, or pestilence or any type of thing that threatens the things that we are growing. And that comes through faith. Okay. So this really will be a new moon where we have to cultivate patience, faith, um, where we have to tend to our fields and, and protect them against anything that could, could threaten the progress that we have made. Um, this will be a, a new moon that is, you know, in fairly close contact with a, a square with Jupiter overcoming square. So that's positive. I'm, I'm excited about that. That should be good, but we have a trine with Pluto as well too. So there may be some, some things from the depths that we have to deal with as well. Um, looking at the chat box here, trying to keep up with that. Tarya is talking about sobering moments. Uh, Wendy is saying sobriety, quite necessary as Mars broke free from the bonds with Kala Sarpa. He got a little sporty there for a minute. Yeah, I, I, I believe it. Um, I remember, I think that was you that was mentioning this before, that there was a a particular um, thing from the Indian tradition where there was a certain area of the zodiac that Mars was in that once he is free, I, I, but was this the um, the thing with the two nodes where all the planets were within a certain area of the nodes and then Mars broke free from, from that condition? Is that what we're speaking about, Wendy? I, I think that's, if I'm remembering correctly, I think that's what we're looking at. Um, but yeah, again, hopefully the next phase i think I, I see a progression for people who are learning traditional astrology many people start out with modern or psychological astrology some of them embrace traditional and hellenistic or they may even start with medieval astrology or renaissance astrology and then eventually a lot of those folks are, are realizing that there was a lot of cross-pollination with um, jyotisha and the indian system and the Indian system sort of is a, a skeleton key to understanding Hellenistic astrology as well, because that was a tradition that was not cast into exile. It, it's almost like an unbroken tradition for the last 2,000 years. So it can give us a lot of clues as to how ancient people thought, because many of their techniques are, are still intact without trying to, to reconstruct them after um, astrology had been changed significantly in the West. So I see a lot of traditional Hellenistic astrologers start to, to do some things with Eastern astrology as well. Like Austin Kopic has been studying with Freedom Cole 
Freedom Call is a great resource. I, I have his books, but again, I just feel uh, I'm not ready yet. I, I will engage with those at some point in the process, but I, I want to really be thorough with my understanding of these techniques and these stories first. Um, because the Indian stuff is so, it's so deep and it, it is so, um, there's so many new names that I'm very, very unfamiliar with that um, I would really have to concentrate on those stories and those myths. And the Greek stuff is a logical extension of stories that I'm somewhat familiar with. But again, it would be like, a, like learning from scratch with the Indian tradition. Does that make sense? Again, I, I would love to incorporate that in eventually. Um, and I'm really, really curious to hear about these techniques that, that um, Wendy, that you're talking about with uh, and trying to incorporate those in with the escaping, with the, um, the different, um, like the Kalasarpa and techniques like that. Fridaria is another, uh, like a Persian technique that is really important with that. Wendy says, having all the planets trapped on one side of the node, save for the moon, regularly moving outside the boundary produced a deep sense of restriction. At least it did for me, I should say. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think that, that um, I can feel that. Uh, I can feel that and that we've started to kind of bust out of that a little bit as we try to move forward from this very difficult year and some change that we've been experiencing. Lisa says, sounds fascinating, Wendy. I, I heard this referred to on the astrology podcast as well. And I'm curious, Lisa, did this come from Austin? Because I, again, Austin Kopic has really started to incorporate some uh, Jyotisha techniques from studying with Freedom Cole. Um, I'm frustrated right now because I, I people like Chris Brennan and Austin Kopic and even my astrology teacher, Atutabhava, have about a decade uh, head start on me when it comes to traditional astrology. Um, it's not going to last for long, though, because I'm crazy. <laughs> like, when I like something, I'm just going to throw myself into it like 100%. Yeah, Kelly Surtees was talking about Fridaria, too. Yeah, her, her as well. Um, but yes, I am, I am uh, very intense with my studies, and I think that I'm trying to cram a decade's worth of education into a few years here. Um, this is why I'm making so many videos and doing the research that I am, because at the end of the day, I do want to be of service to my community, but doing it in this fashion um, helps me to learn it and internalize these techniques as quickly as possible. And, and repetition is the key for me. So hopefully I'm, I'm becoming... I'm in the process of becoming as competent as as people uh, like Austin and Achuta and Kelly Surtees and Chris and all of those people. I aspire to that. I, I know that I'm behind them a little bit, but um, we'll see. Everyone's on their own time frame, and uh, hopefully I'm adding something to their conversation and and to the legacy that Robert Schmidt has left behind and and folks of that nature as well. So... I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I love all those folks. And I, I, man, Austin's a real inspiration to me. I use his book all the time. And, um, you know, I, I really appreciate my teachers, Austin and Achuta and Chris Brennan, Kelly Surtees. I, I got to hang out with all of them at UAC. And it was a really, it was a dream come true, um, being able to, to 
you know, just break bread with them and to hear their process and things like that. Uh, Dimphy says, the Mad Hatter, is this me or Austin? <laughs> like, I, might, I feel like sometimes I might be the Mad Hatter. Um, Wendy says, you're amazing, Spencer. Thank you. So, uh, I really appreciate your work and I'm learning a great deal from you. Super inspired for, by you. Thank you, Wendy. I, I really appreciate it. And thank you for the, for the support. Um, we, I have a lot of you that have been supporting my work as well, whether it's through encouragement or, or through donations, through Buy Me Coffee. I, I really appreciate all of that. You are helping me to, to free up time to do this work. Um, this is my full-time job now. I, I'm teaching astrology lessons with some folks and I'm, I'm doing these videos and I'm doing readings. Um, but that's, that's it. I'm, I'm all in with astrology at this point. I, I have a, a lesson, guitar lesson here and there, but this is my job. So thank you so much for people that have been helping to support the work that I'm doing. Um, Lisa says, Saturn prefers you stay focused on one thing at a time to achieve mastery. Yes. And, and I have Saturn as a zodiacal releasing time Lord right now. And I'm really trying to resist my Venus and Gemini tendencies sometimes about, you know, only getting a surface level understanding with many different things. Um, so I'm really trying to Saturn up <laughs> like with this stuff. Uh, Dimphy says, with whom I mean you, Spencer, the Mad Hatter. Yes, I, I, I can see that. I, 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 try to, uh, I try to do my best and uh, incorporate all these things and share my process. And, and thank you for being witness to it, everyone. That is really super inspiring that, uh, that I have a, even just an audience, a supportive audience for this process. And um, this, it's a really nice energy exchange. Uh, Tarya says, this is super good. Thank you, Tarya. Lisa says, we appreciate you, Spencer. Thank you for, for all of the ego boosts today. I appreciate it. This is music to a Leo Ascendant's ears. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Lisa says, what type of services are you offering now? Well, that's a great question, Lisa. Thank you for being my hype woman. <laughs> but uh, um, I do offer astrological tutoring. Um, I like to meet up with people in, in hour-long sessions where we go over um, some of these Hellenistic techniques, it's one of my favorite things to do. So if you are looking to take your studies further, um, I do really um, make adjustments to whatever the needs of your uh, your process is. If you want to learn more about fixed stars, you want to learn more about decans, you want to start at the very beginning about houses and, and domicile lords and all those things, I, I really enjoy teaching. Um, I do offer natal readings where uh, I have deluxe readings where I incorporate fixed stars and decans. I do tarot decan readings for people as well and, and try to cram as much information into a, uh, a reading as possible. Uh, I have a deluxe one that's two hours where we go on a deep dive um, with our readings. And I really do prepare for those like I do for my videos. I usually take at least two two pages of really intense notes like this, okay? Like I write really small. Um, so I take that very seriously. I have slots on Mondays and Tuesdays for those things, but if you need a different time slot, feel free to reach out to me via email. I just, that was kind of an arbitrary time period that I did so that I could have some time to do my other research and stuff, but I'm free to, to opening up time on the weekends or on other days of the week if people need other times. Um, also do little mini readings like with sun, moon, rising and just specific fixed star readings and specific planetary deccan readings. 
it's really your time. And I, I ask that you send me some focus questions so that you can, um, that we can really uncover some of the um, challenges that you may be going through uh, and that the chart can really speak to many, many different things. And if we have some focus, it really is helpful. Uh, Lisa says, I want to, I want, I think I want a deluxe reading. How far out are you scheduling? Well, um, I, I have some time within the next few weeks. So, so think about that. We could, we could schedule it. I have a book now button in these description of these videos and also on my website, um, where you can book through my, uh, I have a scheduling app. Uh, if you have any questions before you schedule, you can send me an email at spencermichaudastrology uh, at gmail.com. Usually I book 72 hours in advance. Um, that gives me enough time to do the, the note taking and things like that. I it, don't mind at all if people want to book, you know, a few weeks or a, mo a month out in advance too. That helps me to figure out what my schedule is going to look like as well. So if you're on the fence and you want to throw some time out there that, you know, it's, I'm always open to it. And I really enjoy meeting with clients and you'll get a recording of the, the, um, the session afterwards, both audio and video. And um, yeah. So thanks Lisa for being my, my hype person today. And, and uh, Lisa and I have been doing some work together and, and she's a really talented uh, diviner. And um, so thank you, Lisa, for being, participating here and for your wisdom as well and, and the exchange of of energy that, that we've been having as well it's really it's good I, I really appreciate working with you and and you being here today um so let's see let's put a bow on this huh we, we talked about the last quarter we talked about the upcoming new moon um this is also this new moon is also going to coincide i think with venus making its um evening rise around the 22nd of May. So keep your eyes peeled for that for Venus issues. The one, the last thing I wanted to do as we are just kind of wrapping up here today, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I know that, that you could be doing all sorts of things with your weekend, um, but I feel honored that you're here with me today. And we've been having such a good discussion. I, I, really, I really like these live streams. I know I only do them once every couple of weeks, um, Maybe I should do more. Let me know if that's something that you'd be interested in. Uh, the The conversational nature of it is really nice. And um, maybe what I should do is just some, some focused Q&As. Would you all be interested in like a Q&A where we do a Zoom meeting where, where you can all come on the mic and ask me questions and we can maybe even see each other's faces a little bit? I'd be... I'd be open to doing that. Um, that might be cool. Maybe maybe um, we could do a donation-based Q&A type of thing where we just, you know, no no obligation, but maybe if you want to throw a few bucks in the, in the bucket, we could do a, a session where we could do something like that. What I'm trying to do, too, is get my subscribers up to 1,000 on YouTube to be full disclosure. The best thing you can do is if you're not subscribed to the channel, please subscribe because once once we hit the thousand subscri subscriber mark, um, there's a few things that I can do to monetize this channel uh, that will really help me in the long run. I, there will be I will able to be put some I'll able to be 
paid for some of the ads that may already be on here. I, I'm seeing some ads on my video already, but they will start to give me a kickback for those ads. Um, and there will be an ability to do uh, this thing called super chat, where if we do live streams like this, people can actually donate just in the middle of the chat to, to have a different, uh, you know, to make your question like a priority or something like that. So I'm at about 600 subscribers right now. So if you could spread the word and ask people to subscribe, you'd be doing me a huge favor to get us over that thousand subscriber mark. And that's actually really important for the model that I'm using here because I really want this content to remain open to people. And I have to get a little bit creative about how I make money doing this while trying to stay true to my integrity to uh, keep this available to the most amount of people necessary. And that is through that donation model with buy me a coffee. Um, but also it'll be through things like getting the subscriber count over a thousand to be able to do things like a super chat or to maybe start to, to receive some ad revenue. Um, so I hope that it's not too much, you know, <laughs> like it's not too distasteful to get an ad every once in a while in a video. But again, I'm, I'm full disclosure. I'm, I'm putting out a lot of free content and I'm putting, I'm working really, really hard at it. And I do need to, to figure out ways to, to, to pay the bills every once in a while. So, but again, you, you as an audience are, are awesome and it's one step at a time uh, and I'm figuring it out as I go. Again, I'm really motivated by uh, this new model where we can um, almost have a generosity economy where I give and I use that charitable quality that we see in the second decan of Taurus. And then the collective will provide for me and bring that energy back. I, I really believe that. And I have to have faith in that. And I, and I, I watched my astrology teacher, Chutabhava, take a similar approach. And he just kept grinding and grinding and grinding. And I, I really am inspired by the way that he has done that. And the collective has, it took time, but the collective has provided for him in a, in a really powerful and important way. And I think that that's probably a path that I'm looking to go down is just I, I release expectations for how people are necessarily are going to exchange energy, but I just have to keep showing up. And um, yeah, so super chat. Yeah, it says Susanna would love <laughs> Lisa says Susanna would love to see your art. She has a, a an Instagram. Why don't you put your Instagram profile in, in there in the chat box, Susanna, and we can support your art because it really is great I, it's really good i i love it i eventually I, I need to have one hanging in my in my in my room somewhere here in my office so little plug susanna you send me a nice piece of art i'll put it in the background of my video and then you'll get free advertising you can say art provided by Susanna from Finland supporter. So you see, see, there's many different ways to, to exchange energy. Um, Susanna says, um, you should have a lot more followers, Spencer. I've been wondering what is wrong with folks. I don't think there's anything wrong with folks. Uh, Dimphi says, uh, and I'll come back to that in a second. Is, is there any way to pay without PayPal? Yes, I have a Venmo account at Spencer Michaud if you want to, to pay directly through Venmo. I believe that at Buy Me a Coffee, they may be able to do Stripe. Um, 
but but send me an email if you're having trouble we can figure something out uh i do appreciate all those donations it's great i know paypal is kind of a pain in the butt but i do have a venmo account and that that is a great way to to, to pay directly as well um what is wrong with folks i don't know if there's anything wrong with folks i think that Susanna, my thoughts on that before we finish up with this uh, I Ching is that I think that I am a little bit of an acquired taste. And, and I say this because I am very thorough, I'm a little bit long-winded, and I'm very, very detailed. And I think that sometimes people are looking for bite-size, 15, five-minute chunks um, that are a little bit less in-depth and maybe... Uh, I think that we do talk shop quite a bit on this channel, and I think that's okay. I, I actually, when somebody suggested to me at one point that you are, and maybe it was this Wendy, I don't know, somebody said, you're an astrologer that is producing content for other astrologers. And, and I think that that's true. And this was true with my music too. Like you're a musician that is catering to other musicians, not necessarily to the masses. And while I do think that the masses can benefit from the things that we talk about on this channel and, and my music, um, I always am thinking about, will another astrologer benefit from this? And am I teaching concepts along with dissecting the transits of the day and things of that nature? I, I want, um, quality is really, really important to me. And sometimes that's going to take a lot longer for me to gain a following because of my almost sheer unwillingness to compromise the quality of these videos. And believe me, I've tried. I've tried to make 15 minute videos where I talked in surface level. I just, it's just not who I am. I like getting in depth. I like talking about a lot of different things. I like longer form content. And at the end of the day, it's going to be a slower climb, I think, to the to the top, if that's even where we're going, or to getting more followers. But once we get there, I think that the followers that I do get are going to be very, very high quality. And the exchanges that we have in these lives like this, like I have respect for each and every one of you here as, as astrologers and as people and as great minds. And I, I really, really appreciate exchanging with with that type of person who is committed on that level. And, you know, I will, I don't know, I just almost get choked up thinking about it. I would rather have a, a, a smaller quality community than, than a really big one that is, is maybe more surface level. Does that make sense? And this was true with my music too. I, I just, I, every opportunity I was given to compromise my integrity, I just couldn't do it. You know, I couldn't do it. <laughs> like, Wendy says, this fully loaded Virgo appreciates your approach. Yeah, I'm very popular with Virgo people because, because of my thoroughness and my commitment to the, the purity of my idealism, I think, is, is something that resonates with them too because I know that a lot of you folks are aspiring to that as well. And I've got a lot of Virgo on my chart. Uh, Taria says, I'm, look, I'm, just looking just like, I'm looking just like content you are making and serving. Yeah, and I appreciate you being here, Tarya. Um, you're, you add a lot of good stuff to the conversation. Violet says, great talk with lots of details. Love it. Thank you, Violet, for being here. You're awesome. Dimphy, stay as you are. Yes, 
I can't. I can't be anything other than myself. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Leo rising. <laughs> like I can't, can't be anything different. I know that there was somebody who was mentioning some drama in the astrological community, and the specific person you were mentioning is also a Leo rising, and they can't be other anything other than themselves. And while that person and myself have, I would say, vastly different values. I, I have some respect for them just, just from the fact that they're willing to just uncompromisingly be themselves. And I, I, you know, I'm the same way, but again, from a different, probably a different end of the, the value spectrum, I guess. But you have to almost admire someone who's willing to, to stay true to themselves, whatever that is and whatever that looks like. Um, Lisa, if you're on Facebook, Susan Falaja Art is my page. Yes, check out Susanna Falaja Art on Facebook. All right, so let's let me focus for a minute. <laughs> let's talk about this Iching. This is a great chat, though. You you all are awesome. You're a great community, and I am very happy to to be a part of it here. And as far as the Q and A goes, um, I'll schedule something like that where I, let's let's do maybe once a month. Let's get together and do an astro Q and A. Let's let's try to I'll try to commit to that here. Okay. Um, maybe it'll be like a, 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 I don't know, $10 donation or something. You can come. I, I'm not going to turn anybody away, but maybe it's a $10, $15 donation to, to come for that kind of uh, time. If, does that sound good? Does that sound like something people would be willing or interested in doing? Because um, I'll, I'll try to schedule that, like a live Q&A type of deal, donation-based. All right. So let's talk about this hexagram. This is number seven, and this is number seven is called the army okay and other names for this hexagram are collective force discipline honor loyalty uh massing of force the multitude so this is talking about um gathering together around a strong leader marshalling your resources hillary barrett says what are you aiming for how can you get more from your strength what with all of your efforts are you creating the life that you want that's that's interesting uh are you creating the community that you want we just talked about how awesome this community is here and i'm pretty happy with the community that i've been creating over with my efforts so um so this is a time of discipline and organization uh you know this is gathering around the strong leader in your community so that you can accomplish something important maybe I, just by the very fact that I am vocal, I, I have put myself in the position to be a community leader, which a, a, a responsibility that I do take seriously. I actually enjoy that responsibility. I enjoy being a point of light for the collective. And um, I've always had a good relationship with, with groups and uh, especially with my like college classes and things like that. I, I, I like facilitating these types of exchanges. So um, if you want to rally around, you know, my, my leadership is in, the, in a Q&A or on this channel, I'd be happy to be an organizer of that. Um, line number four, though, here's, here's an interesting thing about dealing with our personal challenges of the full moon, because the question that I asked the I Ching was, what is the essence of this full moon? And the essence is that we are trying to rally our resources. But line four says the army retreats, no blame. So this is really, if we're having a conflict in our life, and we, we spent much of today talking about different conflicts 
that we may be uh, experiencing, whether it's domestic or otherwise. But this line is in the, the fourth position, and it's talking about retreating to reserve your conserve your resources, living to fight another day. There may be some insurmountable obstacles or a superior adversary that is almost impossible to overcome, overwhelming odds. Uh, it's talking about holding back and gathering your strength, holding back and, and, and getting in touch with your support system, okay? Making an orderly retreat, disengaging, being neutral, finding acceptance in your circumstance. Now, this, this really spoke to me. Um, I, like I said, I've been dealing with trying to uh, you know, respond to a family crisis from a distance and feeling some frustration around that, that I wasn't able to maybe be in more of a position of control or authority around that. And the, the powers that be are deeply entrenched. And I have to kind of retreat and not engage with them in conflict, or there could be damage that could result to both parties, and and the the divide could become even more um, cavernous. Okay, so again, I think that this one is about just cutting your losses. Um, you know, remember, like we have those three spilled cups in the five of cups, but we have to say, okay, we've got to retreat back to the, our support system. Let go of what we need to let go of. Don't force the issue. Marshal your resources. Sometimes the best thing you can do in a battle is to say, "Okay, I may have lost this battle, but I'm not gonna, um, I'm not gonna lose the entire war by going through everything." Okay. Um, okay. So uh, this is changing to the hexagram number forty which is called deliverance, release, relief, end of hardship, redemption, forgiveness, letting go of the past. This is a good one. So if we are to retreat and not try to engage in conflict with the, the forces that have the upper hand on us, we may, through, through just that natural action, get the type of uh, cleansing rain that we need. This hexagram is like a thunderstorm that finally releases its rain and cleanses away the, the difficult experience. So Hillary Barrett says, if nothing could bind you, where would you go? Do you have to, do you have to, uh, quote unquote, or who says, do you have to? Which, which path leads you to where you want to be? So this is about loosening the knot, cutting ties, uh, that cleansing rain, washing away past grievances. I think this is a really important one here. I think that it's very, very important not to um, not to hold on to resentments. And if you have the opportunity to approach someone or something in a almost a disguised manner, I got the raccoon when it came to Mars in the first decade of of Cancer the other day, and that really is about putting on the mask. And, you know, almost like playing the game, it doesn't mean you manipulate people. It just means that there are times where you have to approach a conflict indirectly. And I think that this reading really speaks to that and just maintaining your center and not, not really trying to engage in open warfare with people because I don't think it's, it's, it's not going to work. Um, and if you do, and if you're able to maintain your composure and you're able to release some of those old built up emotions and resentments, you may feel that you get deliverance from from your conflict and from your challenge uh, really 
through 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 that effort of keeping still, of keeping your center. All right. I think that's what I've got for you today. I'm getting some messages right now that I need to respond to. I may be getting that deliverance moment myself with some potential good news on the on the domestic front here. Um, I'm really, really appreciating all of your thoughts and prayers with my um, my mom's situation and all that. So thank you so much for that. I think you're it's super healing when you have a community behind you that is trying to help. And thank you so much for that. All right, everyone. Thank you for being here today. This is awesome. This is an awesome live stream. Uh, again, I really appreciate all of your contributions uh, to the chat and, and to your ideas and all of these things. Um, yeah, keep keep your eyes peeled. I'll try to announce a Q&A. Maybe, like I said, maybe that'll be a once a month type of thing where we'll all get together via Zoom and uh, talk some astrology for a few hours. And and uh, yeah, just reach out if you want a reading or things of that nature. And um, be, be, be kind to yourself, okay? Like I, I say that, but it's really true. Like it's, it's important to try to be nice to other people, but also I think that the main thing is it's so much easier to, to create unity with other people if we're creating that internal peace first. And that's really another lesson of Taurus is, is coming into harmony with ourselves and getting comfortable and finding a sense of satisfaction instead of a sense of longing or desire or want. And, and just, you know, look at a little Taurus baby. If they have enough food or sleep or, or, or cuddles, they, they're good, you know, and they're just happy as a clam. So try, try to find that and give that to yourself and that'll help get you through any bumpy patches. All right, everyone, thank you so much for being here today, and I will see you the next time. Peace.